Starbucks thinks China will be a bigger market than the U.S. on this Consumer Goods Edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. Sean O'Reilly here at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Tuesday, January 12, 2016, and joining me to chat global consumer brands is, as always, the recently off-the-market Vincent Shen. How's your week going, Vince? <laughs> going well, Sean. Um, so, did you hear like the the cries of all the women when you got engaged, and it was like, "Oh, he's off the market and taken." Oh no! Sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. No. Absolutely. I'm trying to build you up. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Anyway, uh, so we're talking Starbucks, and uh, they updated their Chinese expansion plans. Uh, but first, we're going to be chatting about Under Armour and Macy's. Now, uh, as I'm sure you, you know, you totally listen to Dylan and I's tech show. I every do. Weekend, right? So no. I can make fun of it as much as I can. Yes. That's that's wonderful. Feel free. <laughs> um, Dylan and I chat about Under Armour uh, on the tech show last Friday, but it was mostly in a positive light because of their showing at CES and their rollouts of you know just you know Fitbit competitors and all that stuff. Uh, but unfortunately, you and I have to chat about Under Armour in a little bit more of a negative light because of recent events. So, what happened yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I think it's really funny because, like you mentioned, last week you and Dylan uh, were talking about how the company, I'm sure, spent you know countless hours and a ton of effort preparing this big launch for themselves at CES of the suite of products they're offering. And it was a hit. $400, I mean, yeah. you know, you get a, the scale, the chest band, other wearables to like... Uh, a heart know, monitor that's oh, actually by your heart and not on your wrist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A whole fitness suite, essentially. And uh, that, they generate quite a bit of buzz at the event, but then they start this new week on Monday with Morgan Stanley, uh, their equity research analyst, uh, putting out this very bearish report on the company, uh, cutting it to a sell, essentially, reducing the price target some 40%. What is this? So that's like 40 bucks or something, or 50 bucks? I mean? Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, reducing it significantly uh, to about yeah. $62. So I think below even where it's trading now. And I might be this... getting ahead of ourselves here. Did they talk about valuation at all? Because that stock has a high PE. Like, I don't, but yeah, it always does. There's, so. no, there's no denying that. Right now, I think. It's trained in terms of forward earnings. I think it's trained about fifty-one times. Yeah, that's definitely that's, revaluation. That's and you healthy. have to keep in mind, uh, the, you know, the stock gained nineteen percent in two thousand fifteen. Not bad. Yeah. So, uh, and that that's on top of gains that it has put up. I it's uh, it has logs, you know, strong gains, double digits. I'm pretty sure for most years since two thousand nine, seven straight years of gains at this point. And so, what does this report say? Because Morgan Stanley comes out, are they just? Being negative, just be negative. Like what? What's the deal? Sure thing. So, a major. Uh, I think there's two th main points in the report that I would that I want to cover and get to. And I think in this case, you know, sometimes these reports come out, uh, they ding the stock, and it's not really something that fundamental to the business. You know, right. it's more of a near term like volatility. This is an instance where I actually do think it touches on very important issues for this company. So if you think about Under Armour and what they've mentioned as being some of their like pillars of growth. Uh, Women's apparel, men's apparel, their international business, e-commerce, things along those lines. Shoes. You know, women's apparel has been a big part for them. It's been growing very, very quickly. You know, far outpacing their their men's division, and you know the company has invested a lot to develop. Yeah. That part of their business, you know, last year or in 2014, 2015, I think they spent something like 15 million dollars on the marketing campaign with some really famous athletes. Um, 
Well, you know, the one that I really remember seeing, I think it was really cool, was with, uh, I think it was Misty Copeland, and she's, you know, has her uh, narrating, like, over the video about how people were doubting her, and it's showing her, uh, and also, like, Giselle Bündchen had her uh, commercial with Under Armour as well, so a lot of buzz around that, and it was part of their efforts to build up uh, their women's business, and now you have this report coming out basically saying, well, growth has gone from, you know, very, very, from double digits, essentially, to stalling for the last six months of 2015, to, to stalling to essentially flat for their, for the women's business, which makes up about a third of their total business at the moment. And also the fact that the second, uh, the second issue to really ding them is how, for their footwear, they've seen average selling prices fall since the beginning of 2013, so about the past three years. Average selling prices for their running shoes have fallen twenty percent versus four percent for the broader industry. Uh, that so you know the way this you know, the two ways this really rolls in. Like I said, women's apparel being really important, but also in terms of the company's overall brand image, it's always been you know high performance at a premium, right? High right. quality at a premium. But with those average selling prices, there's concerns now among investors that. All of a sudden, you know, if there's this shift where the company must compete more in price, well, you're going to see obviously margins are going to start compressing. The average selling price is going to continue to fall. What impact that's going to have on their growth rate, which is really, which uh, you know, a lot of analysts are expecting to grow twenty to twenty-five percent annually over the next five years, is that sustainable? Right. And so, you know, it really changes all of a sudden uh, the the trajectory that this company might take. So it's just a uh, an interesting look into uh, you know this report how it touches on two really important things for them. So I got to be honest with you, I see analyst notes come out all the time for stocks. Sometimes they move, sometimes they don't. Do you agree with the stuff? Like, how serious is this? Okay, yeah, and I should. I think it's important just to mention for the listeners too. So based off of that report being the main driver you know stock traded down 6.7% yesterday so the market's clearly taking this seriously exactly and yeah. it's bringing it's brought the stock's current year to date decline to about 13.2% this hasn't been the best year for the stock market so far so we'll give them yeah and <laughs> the you know the doubt, we're only yeah. 12 days in i know it's early but just to give you an idea um, and another thing is this is part of a you know ongoing trend where shares have already fallen about Thirty percent from their highs from September, Which October, fall, 2015. Yeah. Okay, so you know, keep that in mind. And then, in ter- also, uh, so Morgan, the more Stanley analyst drew from the Sports Scan data, um, and where it has shown that obviously, you know, a lot of that growth that exceeded men's apparel, you know, it's flattened out. But also, uh, you know, the management itself, can, or the CEO. Ken Plank has also mentioned that, you know, that is a really huge opportunity for us. He's mentioned uh, how the company wants to change even their in-store experience because he had a quote from uh, another investor call where he basically said, "Our in-store experience for uh, women who are shopping is it's not where it should be right now. It's not that it's not right. designed, you know, in a way to appeal to them as much as our male shoppers, and that's something that they are focused on. So when you have management that's obviously." Uh, you know, spending money on marketing and spending money on the in-store experience to cater more to women shoppers, but the results come out, at, you know, with the growth basically nosediving down from previous levels. It's that I think that's a big part of the concern right. that drive that bearish trading yesterday. I had a crazy thought 
it almost seems like Under Armour should buy Lululemon or something. That'd it's an cool, idea. That'd be a cool merger. You know, I've, I don't know. That, you know, they're often cited as an example, like a proxy of the opportunity right. that's there. Obviously, they uh, they appeal far more to, you know, they also, you know, cater more so to female shoppers or, and they've shown that that premium model, you know, can work. Not that they haven't had their own challenges. Right. Uh, but, well, and they're trying to build up their men's business. Have you been in a Lululemon store lately? Yes. It's like they're trying to sell me $80 shirts. They're flipped. Exactly. <laughs> so it's almost like they're on opposite sides, yeah. you know, of that, of that issue. But combining that with the footwear, which, you know, right now it's that, uh, yeah. Falling average selling price, I think, had specifically with their running shoes. But if that spreads to, for example, their basketball sneakers, where they've also yeah. again been spending tons of money on some of these endorsement deals with big athletes, you know, what impact is that going to have on that longer term yeah. growth? Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, before we move on, I wanted to point our listeners to the newly redesigned Focus.Fool.com. There, you'll discover a special offer to join the Motley Fool's Stock Advisor newsletter to start your year off foolishly. All loyal IF listeners have access to a special discount on Stock Advisor that works out to $129 for a full two-year subscription. Just go to Focus.Fool.com to take advantage of this offer. Once again, that is Focus.Fool.com. Uh, so now we're talking about uh, my favorite retail brand and yours, Macy's. Um, they just announced a um, bunch of store closings. What was it, 40? Yes, store closings and layoffs. So, you know, we mentioned, you know, Under Armour had a pretty good year, I think up 19%, yeah. like we said. In this Macy's, case, not so much. Macy's, trying a little bit more. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have this down here where, okay, and they're so, not. Uh, I, just for our listeners that may or may not be aware, they're uh, they're not an outlier here. Nordstrom, Dillard's, they've all they all had a rough second half of last year. Absolutely. So, the stock was down forty seven percent in two thousand fifteen, um, and uh, pretty much all that decline came uh, after July. So the stock was had yeah. peaked around seventy three. It's trained about half that now, and the most recent announcement uh, with that and that from what I've seen has actually pushed the stock up quite a bit year to date. Is around those store closings that you mentioned about forty stores. For them, they were already closed last year. Right, thirty six coming for that will be closed through the spring of this year, and uh, you know some of those are local. They include stores around Chesapeake, Glen Allen, Norfolk, Richmond, Virginia, and um, they're ex- hoping, along with the store closings and the layoffs, they're laying off about four thousand three hundred fifty employees. That includes three thousand sales associates, so about three to four sales associates. Per Macy's and Bloomingdale's mm-hmm. location, they currently have, and then another like 1,350 back office service center employees, and even you know, tour in terms of the senior management, uh, they're giving 165 senior executives uh, a voluntary separation opportunity. So, um, you know, all that's going to add up. Is to that them. like uh, conscious uncoupling? <laughs> what so, is that? <laughs> so, I think. Uh, Overall, that's going to add up for a big part of that in terms of their expense reduction, which is going to be a big focus for them this well, year. Well, not only that, but their their average sales per store will automatically go up. Um, no offense to any of the people or just any of these stores, but these are not the, they're not closing the New York or the Tyson's Corner Macy's or the 
Um, I mean, the, it's in like Buffalo, New York. Um, actually, we're losing one in Hagerstown, Maryland, up here in the D.C. metro area. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one in Akron, Ohio, at the Chapel Hill Mall. That's very close to my where I grew up. Sure, it's not. They're not closing the major stores. What they're trying to do is pivot to um, a mix. You know, maybe getting ahead of ourselves here. But um, I love this move because they're pivoting through having these huge Amazon-like distribution centers for online sales. If you want to go shopping, you can find a Macy's, but it's going to be in a higher uh, higher density urban area, and um, they'll just mail it to you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm glad you mentioned it. You're absolutely right. You know, them uh, these store closings are obviously going to be of their lower performing locations, and. They actually uh, specifically say that the 40 stores will account for about $375 million in annual revenue. Right. Keep in mind that their annual revenue overall is you know, $27, $28 billion. Right. Drop in the bucket. Right. Also, keep in mind that they're hoping that it, that $375 million doesn't just completely poof and go off, because some of those sales that might have happened at those locations will be diverted to nearby stores, for example, right. and also through their online e-commerce, uh, their online right. efforts. You know, the, Macy's now is really focused focused on their uh, omni-channel strategy, right? About making uh, making the shopping experience attractive for somebody who's online, picking up in store, or actually going to the store to right. shop. So it's just a good move because that's that's inventory you don't have in these lower performing stores. I mean, it's all I don't know. It's it's a good move. And so, just another thing uh, I think that's driving a lot of this is the fact that you know, for at least as their most recent reported as of their most recently reported quarter, you know, tra- trailing that was months, actually the their earnings is yeah. down to 2012 levels. So. They also reported, you know, two press releases actually came out last week. Not one for the store closing, some of the layoffs, but also around their holiday sales, which really came in weak. So they're expecting uh, for you know the obviously very important November and December months sales to go fall maybe two to three percent. They actually came in at comparable comparable stores down four point seven percent for the holiday season. So really, you know, really hurting there. And also. Um, the fact that you know this warm weather that everybody's been talking about hurting apparel retailers. The fact that Mason Bloomingdale's they have a lot of representation in the regions that were hit with the you, really warm weather. Do you buy that? Because if it's warm outside, I'm more likely to leave my house. But on the other hand, I'm not going to buy a jacket. You're like not buying a jacket. You're not buying yeah. your sweater, your scarves, your gloves. All things that you know, a lot of these retailers, including Macy's, including Bloomingdale's, they count well, on because it's they're a two hundred jacket. Exactly. Yeah. Um, also, the fact that you know. The U.S. Uh, the value of the U.S. dollar is still hurting their uh, spending among tourists who will go to some of their flagship locations, like right. you mentioned in New York, and then for they'll example. spend less or something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you know, keeping all that in mind, you know, we mentioned the three hundred seventy-five million dollars of revenue that they'll be losing as a result of closing the stores, um, but they're also uh, really focused, or those layoffs, like we mentioned, the four hundred million dollars is going to come. Is going to generate about four hundred million dollars in reductions to the SG&A expenses. Really big for them again to help uh, bring up or to reduce those expenses for them to get that net income higher, uh, that net income number higher since it has right. fallen to you know those two thousand twelve levels. Uh, 
ultimately, uh, the company says on a on a brighter note in terms of the holiday season, they mentioned that they had 17 million online orders at their Macy's and Bloomingdale's websites during the holidays. So that's up 25 percent from the wow. previous year. So some progress win, where they're focused, yeah. right? And also, uh, you know, the stock's at 38 dollars, 30 dollars per share. Um, it's up about 10 percent year to date. Uh, I think on some of this news yeah. that people think is really important to push the company into its like you know a new era, right? But um, it's really a bargain right now. And you and I were talking so about this cheap. before the show. It's, it's like a ten, nine. T- it's trading yeah. at ten times forward earnings, and there's a four percent yield on the shares. That's pretty. The P on the S and P last I checked, S P five hundred index right now. So the average five hundred largest corporations in America is like twenty. Exactly. Like this is. And they're still expected to grow through the end of the decade. Last I checked, so uh, yeah. So the growth rates are, are definitely low, maybe in single digit, low single digits. But the fact of the matter is, you know, this is Macy's. This blooming is like very strong bellwether names in the apparel industry. And yes, they're having their struggles, but you can't honestly expect that as they close some of their weaker locations, that you know this weather is going to last forever. Right. That the dollar is going to trade like this even forever. So long term, this seems like a really, really Cheap Solid stock. place yeah. to jump in right now and and uh, and just watch the stock as they hopefully are able to execute on their recovery and their new growth plan. Awesome. Okay, so the story of the day we've been promising it for about fifteen minutes now. Sure. Um, Starbucks recently, actually today. Correct me. Yeah, I think it was today or yesterday. Recent news. Us, sure. Um, came out with their updated Chinese expansion plans, and it's quite large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, CEO Howard Schultz, uh, you know, he recently spoke with the Wall Street Journal and uh, basically reconfirming his uh, excitement and the opportunities that he sees in China. So, you know, on the one hand, right, you have the broad markets really worried about China right now. Right. Manufacturing's down. The stock market's been really tumultuous there. You know, they've had their circuit breaker. Uh, tr- triggered like eight times, and now they're just not using it. <laughs> uh, so, Which I think is a self-fulfilling prophecy, by the way. Like if the stock market's down three and a half, and you know that there's a seven percent circuit breaker, everyone's just going to sell down to the seven percent, thinking that it's going to happen anyway. Like it's a self anyway. So uh, the the really volatile stock market, and the thing is, there's only two thousand Starbucks in China. That's like a recent milestone that yeah. they hit. What is there ten here? Did you and catch that? Keep in mind, the U.S. Lot, yeah. itself. Has twelve thousand five hundred locations. Okay. Yeah, so I was the closest without going over by price of right prices right rules. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, their growth plan right now is about five hundred additional locations in China per year for the next five years. So that's one hundred and twenty five percent store growth in China by twenty. I think the actual is target that? is something. You know, they have two thousand stores now. The actual the target is ultimately hit like thirty four hundred locations by twenty nineteen or something oh along gosh. those lines. And you know, just to piggyback on on that on that you know growth projection is fourth quarter fourth quarter revenue for the China Asia Pacific segment more than doubled year over year to six hundred fifty million. And they don't break out China. They don't break out China specifically, but But when you're looking at that overall segment, exactly. And you know, Euromonitor International had some really interesting data uh, around coffee consumption, for example, that I think uh, supports. Schultz's enthusiasm for this opportunity. So, China currently consuming about four and a half billion cups of coffee a year. North America's at 134 billion cups. Oh my god! Okay, so you got China has four times big, the population. This is a big so. explosion for them, just because you know you're yeah. going from traditionally like a tea drinking culture, and now coffee's right. really taking off. And you know, this is a place where 
their ever or where the cups are selling, they're not selling at really reduced prices. We're talking about five dollars a cup still right. for coffee in this market. Big opportunity. Um, yeah, what's also, the GDP per capita these days? Because it's uh, not really, thirty-five not sure. here. I think it's like ten or twelve in China, but obviously there's a huge variance. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, another thing in terms that you know bolsters the the opportunity is Chinese coffee consumption uh, from Euromonitor. They expect it to rise eighteen percent annually through twenty nineteen. Uh, you know, just to give you some context. The U.S. is at one percent. Wow. So you know, not even close. Right. Far, far outpacing yeah, yeah, yeah. that. And. It's just, I think, you know, looking at that, uh, looking at this from the perspective of the reputation, too, that Starbucks has developed in China is really incredible. You know, they've been voted best employer in China for several years running. I was going to say the way start, like, their health insurance benefits, if you, you know, you work, what, 20 or 30 hours? I think it's 30 or just, I would think that their hourly rate and their benefits would be really attractive. And another part of that, because it's attractive uh, here, so they have two new initiatives. I think that are again that are you know furthering their their the company's desire to develop this really uh, community focused, employee focused image that they have. And so there's one thing I thought was really cool. Uh, They have they recently had their partner family forum in Chengdu. Which and this is basically an opportunity for employees and their families because there's such a very strong family focus there yeah. in that market uh, to come and speak with the company and learn about you know why working at Starbucks is can be such a such a great experience and they're offering a subsidy now to full time baristas and shift supervisors shift supervisors that will cover about half their housing costs the idea to help people who are starting their careers to pursue education or other opportunities right, right? And, and that helps in fast booming cities where rents are crazy and all that stuff too so yeah. that inclu- and you know they have about 30,000 employees now this will cover about a third of them uh, so you know, pretty substantial. And then another uh, new initiative that they launched is called the Career Coffee Break. So if you have been working with them for ten consecutive years or more, you can take twelve month sabbatical and then be guaranteed a position when you come back that's the same or at least has the same paying benefits. Yeah. So you can take that year off to wow. travel or spend time with your family. Again, reinforcing that image that they have. Right. Um, you know, in terms of the stock itself, it. Did fantastic in 2015, up 46. percent um, I think that contributes to the fact that they're training about 31 times forward earnings now, so a little bit higher. Um, oh, how I wish I had bought them in the financial crisis! <laughs> Do you realize how low they got? Yes, they were it was very, like very low. Dollars or something. People, people, people seem to think at the time that you know nobody's going to pay that much for the coffee anymore. Obviously, it's like Howard pays. Schultz said one time. He's like, people are willing to pay a high price for a really concentrated cup of caffeine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, expected annual growth of eighteen percent, or annual earnings growth of eighteen percent over the next five years. They pay a one point four percent dividend yield. Like plus, I think this opportunity here with Schultz, in a sense, like doubling down on China. Is, he has proven time and again that he has the vision. Um, you know, they brought him back. Yeah. To, to, and he has been a huge part of, you know, obviously, Starbucks success. And I think that focusing on China, despite the fears that people have. It's the right idea. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Vince, as always. Thanks, Sean. We'll see you next week. And if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Vincent Shen, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Thank you.